relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Impressive. Most impressive. See things you people wouldn't believe. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. This might be very culturally specific, but that was a phrase from my childhood, the early 80s. Struth, that guy's got no strides on. Meaning strine, Australian for that chap is not wearing any trousers. From a Foster's commercial, one of many Foster's commercials made by the Australian comedian Paul Hogan, who is the um, subject of our movie review today. Making movies great again. A choice by my co-host coming to us from somewhere in Central Europe. The one, the only, the irrepressible Chris Coles. How do we find you today, Chris? You find me well. In fact, I really related to Paul Hogan's Crocodile Dundee in this film because I like walking around these cities that I've never been to does feel a little bit like (laughs) Crocodile Dundee walking around New York City, although obviously not to the same degree. But people certainly do notice that you're not from here. And are you carrying a very large knife with you, Chris? No, but we've got to appreciate what Crocodile Dundee taught us in the 80s. How do you get a woman? Well, you just have to be mugged by thugs in the inner city and then, you know, with a knife and then pull out a much bigger knife and say, that's not a knife. That's a knife. And then suddenly you've got the girl. So thank you. To, well, well you hang on, watch. hang on. You skipped that. Well, you skipped that yeah. a little bit there. Not, not only do you have to do that, but at the denouement of the movie, it's a rather yes. unusual scene. You have to walk on the heads of subway commuters <laughs> in New York to your woman. Well, that, that's actually, that was actually her trying to get him back. He got her in the knife moment. And then he doesn't like me. She's with this other guy. Fine, whatever. I'm going to get out of here, go to Australia. And then she had to run to, to, to get him. So that's a, that's a sort of a converse thing, which 
Uh, started with a movie called It Happened One Night, and this has become a staple of romantic comedies. It's something I wanted to get to a little later in the video as I analyzed this. Don't, don't spoil Amazing it. Don't spoil it. We'll, we'll get to your deep cinematographic analysis in a moment. But yes, this is so let's be clear the, the plot device here, the gross plot device is the fish out of water. First, it's the female reporter in the outback who's, like, screaming at snakes and crocs and what have you. And then they flip it about two-thirds of the way through, and then, of course, it's Paul Hogan's character who is the fish out of water in Manhattan. So it's a, it's a fun movie. Let me ask, wh why, why did you, why did you uh, think that this had to be added to our pantheon of Making Movies Great Again reviews? Well, you know, yeah, honestly, like, let me just comment real quick on your film analysis uh, here. I feel like you don't even need me anymore because that was absolutely perfect. Now, for real, this is not only a fish out of water story. It's a double fish out of water story, exactly as you said. Uh, really a brilliant script. Um, the They, they mentioned Tarzan several times in the film. I do feel like at some point this was must have been at least to some degree inspired by Tarzan because there's so many yeah. parallels between the, the Tarzan films and this uh, movie. But the reason I picked it, the reason I loved it is uh, there is a kind, kind of genre of film in the 1980s that this really reminds me of uh, from my childhood. It's a kind of genre of film that I think has been a little bit forgotten. It's a lighter, lighter film. Um, but it does touch on some of the more, I would say, R-rated type stuff that you would see in an 80s film that's set in the city with a little bit of sex in it. Um, there's some vulgarity to it. Uh, but you know what I love about this film so much is that it was willing to say things that were, I, I think, probably a little bit provocative even for the time, um, but that I think that we've kind of forgotten what the world is supposed to be. And Crocodile Dundee, I think, illustrates kind of, I think, how the world should be to some degree. We forget, you know, we get caught up in, you know, the, the struggle for money and, and, and uh, prestige and all this kind of stuff. And Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee comes in and he just says it how it is. When he finds out this girl that's been flirting with him is actually a dude, uh, trans they would call them now. I think back then they called them like transvestites or something. Now we call it transgender. So he's confused by this. So what does he do? He grabs this guy by the balls. <laughs> and just to make sure, what is this? What is this thing that I've been that's been flirting with me for the past 10 minutes? Okay, it's a dude. All right. All right. So but but when you say this is emblematic of of uh, a genre from your childhood, what mm. what is that genre, Chris? What 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 type of movie is is Crocodile Dundee a good exemplar of? Well, it's actually kind of hard to explain. There's a few films like this in the 1980s that I, I love all of them. It's a film that's kind of like a romantic comedy. There's almost always a, go, a, a boy and a girl story to it, right. uh, but it's not necessarily about that. Like Crocodile Dundee, as you said, is about the reporter in the outback, and then it's about – and I, I, there's so many beautiful moments. There's so many beautiful jokes like when he's shaving with a regular like safety razor, then he sees the girl coming and he hides that and he starts shaving with his knife, like little moments like that. So you can see him a little bit more tough, absolutely beautiful moment. So there's a lot about this film that isn't necessarily about the romance between the two characters, but that's a major element in the film. And you've got a lot of movies like this, Splash, the movie Splash was kind of like this, 
you've got like uh, Short Circuit was kind of like this. There was a movie called Adventures in Babysitting. There's so many movies uh, that were like this in the 1980s that had this sort of light touch. It was a, it was a comedic kind of thing. It was just a bit of fun. And I don't know. I don't see films like that anymore. It's something that I think is very specific to the 1980s. And this film really exemplifies that. I, I just love this movie. Yeah, th this is a movie that literally could not be made today, whether it's the, the transvestites, whether it's the, the comments to the chauffeur, what, what tribe are you from? And back then, <laughs> nobody was insulted, nobody protested. In fact, we'll talk about why this is the most successful foreign movie in U.S. cinema, uh, cinema history, which tells you that we are living in a very, very different age today. We're talking about the first of the three Crocodile Dundee movies with uh, Paul Hogan, Australian comedian, with our good buddy, the one, the only Chris Coles. You've got to follow him on all the social media platforms and subscribe to his YouTube channels, The Alpha Critic and Mr. Reagan. And if you enjoy making movies great again with Chris and me, Make sure that uh, you subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you get the podcast, you can listen to the reviews while you're walking the dog, doing the laundry, whatever it is. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And uh, if you would like to live safely again in a country that is run by an alpha male like uh, Crocodile Dundee, but a real one, support President Trump. Let's get him back to the White House. We've made a yard sign, a T-shirt, a mug with his booking photograph. I hate the phrase mugshot from Atlanta with a very simple phrase, Trump 2024. Get yours today. That's sebgorkastore.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. And please support him directly at donaldjtrump.com. That's donaldjtrump.com. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. Get ready for a cinematic revolution. Experience the power of patriotism with The Relentless Patriot, hitting theaters nationwide with a special release on June 13th. Go to Fandango.com today to help support patriotism at its best. Brought to you by Global Ascension Studios, Hollywood's first ever conservative movie studio. This gripping documentary follows the remarkable journey of Scott Lebedo as he champions American values through his art. From stirring flag renditions to unwavering advocacy for our service members, Scott's story is one of passion and dedication. Don't miss your chance to be a part of history as the Relentless Patriot makes its special release debut. Mark your calendars for the special release June 13th 
and join us in celebrating American resilience and patriotism. Go to Fandango.com to find your local theater and order your tickets now before they're sold out. That's Fandango.com. Get ready for a cinematic revolution. Experience the power of patriotism with The Relentless Patriot, hitting theaters nationwide with a special release on June 13th. Go to Fandango.com today to help support patriotism at its best. Brought to you by Global Ascension Studios, Hollywood's first ever conservative movie studio. This gripping documentary follows the remarkable journey of Scott Lebedo as he champions American values through his art. From stirring flag renditions to unwavering advocacy for our service members, Scott's story is one of passion and dedication. Don't miss your chance to be a part of history as the relentless patriot makes its special release debut. Mark your calendars for the special release June 13th and join us in celebrating American resilience and patriotism. Go to Fandango.com to find your local theater and order your tickets now before they're sold out. That's Fandango.com. It's not a fastest commercial. It's the first time we see Crocodile, Mick Crocodile Dundee, in the movie Crocodile Dundee as he uh, wrestles <clears throat> a stuffed crocodile to the bar and says, I'll have a beer for me and one for the croc. Um, Chris, you mentioned that um, there's a couple of these endearing moments, for example, where they get out of the, the canoe... Uh, with Wally, his mate that runs the the travel company, and he's with this uh, reporter, and C- Paul quickly looks at, at his mate's watch and then pretends he didn't check it, and then he says to Linda, <laughs> yeah, uh, by, the, by the sun it looks like about 2.20 in the uh, afternoon, we better get busy. Um, and then, of course, as he's shaving with a disposable big razor, uh, and when she comes up to him, hides the razor, gets out his massive short sword, and pretends to be shaving with the sword. i got to ask the question, as I was watching this last night, I thought, is Crocodile Dundee a con man, Chris? Oh yeah, the big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the when they're introduced, the, his buddies are like, "Oh, he's nothing but a poacher." You know, he's not some kind of, you know, backwoods hero. But the funny thing is, if you live in New York in the 1980s, you know that that area, uh, San Francisco, probably the same thing. Los Angeles, probably the same thing. A lot of the men. They're no longer capable of doing the things that men were doing, right. you know, a thousand years ago, right? The, like the stuff that we would consider to be, you know, what a real man does or who a real man is. So even though he's a bit of a con man by making himself seem a little bit more tough and a little bit more rugged than he actually is, he really is that. I mean, he really is a sort of a redneck hero in a way. You know, he's, he's, he is able to save her at some point in the, the film – when she is actually attacked by a crocodile, he jumps on this crocodile, stabs it in the head with his knife, and kills it. And, you know, honestly, like, I feel like that when I was a kid, that was my favorite moment in the film. 
And this kind of is the kind of thing that you would expect from like a farm boy in Oregon, where I'm from. Like they can do that kind of stuff. I never jumped on an animal and stabbed it to death with a knife. Uh, but I had a friend who did. What? You can't just skip over that. Excuse me. Can you just <laughs> expand on that a little bit, Mr. Coles? I, when I was like maybe 13 or something like that, we went and we had like this Halloween party. This would happen sometimes uh, when I was growing up. Somebody who had a farm, they would have like a hayride thing. That, and we do like a Halloween party. And I think it was set up by my church or something like that. So we go, we have this Halloween party. But we're out there on the farm, and, uh, you know, they got a possum problem on this farm. Too many possums running around and, like, uh, messing, messing up the farm stuff. So my buddy goes, oh, there's a possum. I'm going to go kill it. And sort of, I think, to kind of impress the guy, <laughs> he gets this big old knife like Crocodile Dundee, runs at the possum, jumps, just like in this movie, and freaking stabs this thing to death with his knife. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that, like, you know, you do when you live on a farm. You know what I mean? You kind of do that kind of stuff, especially when you're a kid and you're, like, a little crazy. So, uh, you know, it, it is something that could happen in real life. And, you know, a lot of guys, they don't experience that kind of stuff because, like, maybe they grow up in the city or something like that. Or they get a bit soft because they live in L.A. too long, like myself. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so to, to see that dichotomy in, in this film, I, I think is is. I think people should watch this kind of movie just to see what things were like in the 1980s, see that kind of dynamic. And I think it still exists today. You got tough guys who go out into the forest and they forage for food and they are survivalists. And then you got guys that just live comfy in the city. And uh, you can see it on YouTube a lot now. So maybe this movie is so interesting for people today. But, uh, well, but yeah, would, I think wouldn't you say, film. Chris, that it's much, much worse today? I mean, this phenomena mm -hmm. of the real man who can save the damsel when there's truly, truly, you know, a dangerous situation, vice the guy who thinks he's so cool because he can order dinner in Italian. Um, surely that's only got worse since, what was this, 1986? Yeah, no, I think back then it would have been recognized by everyone, women in the city, yeah. men in the city, everybody in the country, obviously, it would have been recognized that to be a weak man from the city that couldn't do this kind of stuff that Crocodile Dundee does, that would be a negative. That would be something that you would kind of think, all right, this guy's kind of a wimp. But today, I, I think because of critical theory and feminism, you've got this idea that actually what Crocodile Dundee does and how he is, is toxically mas masculine. <laughs> and so, like, if you want to be like him, that's a bad thing. And if you want to be like the girl's boyfriend in the movie, who's, like, essentially a douchebag, that's, like, a good thing, right? You want to be the city boy who makes money and is, like, in touch with his feminine side and, you know, cries when he's feeling a little bit sad and, you know, this kind of thing. For some reason, our society says you should be more like a woman if you're a man, and you should be more like a man if you're a woman. And for some reason, people have fallen for this. Like millions of people have fallen for this. I was just in Stockholm, Sweden, and like a lot of the guys are like that. They're kind of beta males. They're in touch with their feminine side. They don't necessarily really, like really, it. Hang on, the, the, the land society. of the Viking has gone woke. Yeah, my theory is that they got rid of all their tough guys back in the Middle Ages when they sent the Vikings out. Th those guys all settled in They, they, they all know, went Scotland, to Oregon, Germany. right? They all went to Oregon, right. And, and the guys that were left are, are still there today. And so they're, they're very soft. They're gen very gentle. They're very meek. And th now they import their criminals. They import their violent <laughs> criminals now. So uh, you must be very impressive to the local ladies. 
Uh, no, I, I did not. You know, it was really weird. Don't only, blush. Don't okay. blush. People can hear you blush on the radio, Chris. Uh, no, I, I dated two women in, in Sweden, and they were both women that were introduced to me. Uh, for some reason, I couldn't talk to the local girls. I don't know what the deal is. It's very... You, you you just, kinda... I know what it is. You're just far too masculine. It's clear you are just far I... too masculine, Chris. Your, your, your toxic masculinity, <laughs> the Scandinavian women just quiver with your toxic masculinity. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> that must be it, yeah. We're yeah. talking Crocodile Dundee, a film which, um, to be truth be told, I, I don't think could be made today. It's at least at least the establishment wouldn't make it today. It would have to be uh, an outlier. It would have to be somebody that understands that men are meant to be dangerous, meaning uh, it is their job. As you once said so incredibly perceptively, um, every other man can be a threat to you and your loved ones. Therefore, you have to be ready to deal with that threat potentially. Not to be, not to be dangerous, you know, just randomly, but to be the person who can protect. That's the philosopher in my friend Chris Coles. Mr. Reagan USA on Twitter. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms. Just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka. Also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Getter, Telegram. You can watch our reviews. Yeah, check out our reviews on the, your Roku, your Fire Stick, on the Salem News Channel app. And don't forget my Substack for unique content by me and access to me. That's SebastianGorka.Substack.com. That's my whole name is one word, SebastianGorka.Substack.com. Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, I love them all. How did it take so long to invent a Factory compensated subcompact nine millimeter. Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan. And I'm Sebastian Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro compact in the world. Available in standard or optics ready configurations. Class leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus one with the standard magazine. 13 plus one with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. If you enjoy what we provide for you here on Making Movies Great Again and the rest of the show, please support those who make it possible. We don't get half a billion dollars from you the poor taxpayer like npr or pbs this is a free market enterprise support great patriots like mike lindell friends of president trump he's celebrating 20 years of my pillow right now with amazing offers on the pillow that never gets hot never loses shape more than 81 million sold he's got a special offer on the queen size don't forget he's more he's got more than 200 other items on his website made in America by Americans for you. From the MyPillow pet beds that my dogs Killian and Leia love to my favorites, the sheepskin lined slippers and so much more. Call them up. Talk to a human being. Forget all that Chinese garbage on Amazon. 800-829-8468. MyPillow.com. That's 800-829-8468. MyPillow.com. But you've got to use the secret code G-O-R-K-A. All right, she's a little bit feisty. She was played by Linda Kozlovsky, and allegedly she knows how to handle a gun. We're heading for that at Scotland today, right? 
Get ready for a cinematic revolution. Experience the power of patriotism with The Relentless Patriot, hitting theaters nationwide with a special release on June 13th. Go to Fandango.com today to help support patriotism at its best. Brought to you by Global Ascension Studios, Hollywood's first ever conservative movie studio. This gripping documentary follows the remarkable journey of Scott Lebedo as he champions American values through his art. From stirring flag renditions to unwavering advocacy for our service members, Scott's story is one of passion and dedication. Don't miss your chance to be a part of history as the relentless patriot makes its special release debut. Mark your calendars for the special release June 13th and join us in celebrating American resilience and patriotism. Go to Fandango.com to find your local theater and order your tickets now before they're sold out. That's Fandango.com. Get ready for a cinematic revolution. Experience the power of patriotism with The Relentless Patriot, hitting theaters nationwide with a special release on June 13th. Go to Fandango.com today to help support patriotism at its best. Brought to you by Global Ascension Studios, Hollywood's first ever conservative movie studio. This gripping documentary follows the remarkable journey of Scott Lebedo as he champions American values through his art. From stirring flag renditions to unwavering advocacy for our service members, Scott's story is one of passion and dedication. Don't miss your chance to be a part of history as the relentless patriot makes its special release debut. Mark your calendars for the special release June 13th and join us in celebrating American resilience and patriotism. Go to Fandango.com to find your local theater and order your tickets now before they're sold out. That's Fandango.com. Okay. See you there this afternoon. Hey. If you're gonna go, take the gun with you. If you get in trouble, fire a couple of shots in the air. That's a dangerous end. So it is. That was a little bit risky. She didn't even aim it and almost hit his foot there. Yes, that is the dangerous end, uh, Linda. Um, i got to just note something here. So this is 1986, Chris. Paul Hogan looked pretty amazing. You know he was pushing 50. He was 47 years old when this was made. That is that he looks great, man. Yeah. I mean, but he does, you know, he looks like he's been out in the Australian sun. Yeah, he, he looks time. like he's, he's been, he's been living in the sun for a good, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. But it's a good look. You know, I, I once I was talking to this girl once and uh, I said something about getting older and she goes, yeah, but you're a man. You guys just look better with age. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, well, for Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, it's kind of true. Actually. Well, come on. Look at Sean Connery. I mean, did he not look sexier the older he got? Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, we, in The Rock, we've reviewed I think The Rock. That's probably true. Seriously. Um, here's one thing that I, I'm very curious what you think. And it's, it's a really, it's a fun movie. It's an enjoyable movie. We'll talk about just how incredibly successful it was as a film. But is there really a chemistry between the leads, between Hogan 
and between Kozlovsky? Because one of the key, I mean, Siskel and Ebert said there's like no chemistry. What, what do you, what do you, th- I mean, he is incredibly charismatic. I mean, a, a constant twinkle in his eye, that little wink, that little grin. But did you see a, a chemistry between them? I, I did. I did. I, I don't know about her acting so much. I haven't really thought too much about that. Like, that didn't really occur to me how good of an actress she was as I was watching the film. I would say probably, since she didn't act in almost anything else after this that I'm aware of, probably not so uh, amazing a performance. But um, look at Siskel, look at Ebert, and then think about whether they are the paragons (laughs) of you know, judgment when it comes to flirtation and, and romance. And manliness. My thinking and is manliness. probably not. Right. And masculinity. Yeah, I think probably maybe don't listen to them. I actually have a particular interest in this kind of movie. Because uh, t- growing up, I would watch these films and TV shows where guys were hitting on girls and then the girls would fall in love with them. And, you know, and it was this like wonderful moment and stuff. And I didn't know how to talk to girls. So, I thought, really, is that how it's done? Like, you're trying to work it out when you're a kid. You know, you're like seven, eight years old. And then as you get older and you actually do start talking to girls and you kind of figure out how it is done, you look back at these movies and you think, these guys don't know how to write, how to get a girl. Like, all these writers are like nerds or something. Like, they have no idea how to get a girl. And they write these ridiculous scenarios into these movies. But I actually think this film does it pretty well. And and what I mean by that is the dialogue between the two characters is a little mystic. Hang, hang right? on, hang on. Hang we we lost you there for a second. The, the, di- the dialogue is a little bit what, Chris? Uh, the di- dialogue is, is good. I think that there's a little bit of conflict between the characters. There's a little bit of antagonism. Yes. It's not just – it's. And this is always true with every girl that I've ever dated that has been that we've clicked really well and and, and there's been good good chemistry. You tease each other a little bit. You play with each other. Yeah, you yeah. say, you know, things like uh, she goes, oh, "How do I look in this outfit?" And it's like, "Oh, the outfit's great. It, you know, if it wasn't spoiled by your f- horribly ugly face or something, right? You know, you might uh, that that might be a no, bit that's, harsh." No, that's that's, that's that what guys do to each other. But but your point is well taken. There's there's a frisson. There's a little bit of tension between right. the, the leads and. And it's, it's, you know, it's true to life. You're, you're, you're not a supplicant. You don't kind of brown nose the whole time to a woman you're interested in. Otherwise, you're not a guy. And if a woman's interested, then, you know, she has to resist a little bit. So it's, you know, nothing is taken for granted. So maybe this is one of the movies that can actually help young men understand what it's meant to be like. We're talking to Chris Coles, Making Movies Great Again. The movie is Crocodile Dundee, the OG, the original, coming to you from the relieffactor.com studio. Relief Factor. Pain relief that works. Pain relief that's real. Pain relief that is liberating over a million Americans across this nation right now, me included. Yes, I had a low back pain issue that plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor, and two weeks later, I was pain-free, and I'm still pain-free almost five years later. If you've tried everything else and failed to find relief, do what I did. Ask yourself a very simple question. What have you got to lose? If the only answer to that question is the pain, then I think you know what the next step is. Write this number down, 1-800-4-RELIEF, or go to relieffactor.com. Order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you. 
like it works for me and a million of your fellow Americans. Call right now. 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-473-5433. Or just go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. On this MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for just $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more for a king-size. You will receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code GORKA to receive this amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, or call 800 829 This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. So Neb's a real city boy, but his dad's a tribal elder. Oh, no, you can't take my photograph. I'm sorry. You believe it'll take your spirit away? No, you got a lens cap on. Uh, when they bump into uh, Crocodile Dundee's buddy, Aboriginal buddy, and uh, the the humour here, Chris, the the humour of of Crocodile Dundee, there may be you know some of it that's like uber masculine or what have you, but it's all so innocent, isn't it? And it, and it's it's just good fun. Well, that's the thing. You know, I've, I've said before that, you know, if you have a black friend, you, you, you may give him crap about being black. He may give you crap about being white. But it's not about it's not really about race. It's just about, you know, teasing your friend, you know, right. sort of like he's teasing the girl and she's teasing him back. And they're, it's a little bit antagonistic, but it's it's good. It, it helps them bond. And that's the, what you do with your friends That's what you do with people who like you. I always say, like, uh, you know, it's it's. The left has this thing where they say, oh, you're not allowed to talk about racial issues if you're white. Only black people are allowed to talk about that. Or you're, you're only allowed to make black jokes if you're black or, or Jewish jokes if you're Jewish or whatever. And I always say, like, well, I feel like if I didn't make jokes about black people, I'd be leaving them out because I make jokes about everyone. Right. So I think if I'm leaving them out, that's racist. So I would rather just make fun of everybody equally and, and have a little bit of a joke at the expense of everyone and, and lighten the mood and, and make everybody you know have a laugh than to leave a certain group out because I want to be sensitive to them. Like it's an indication to me that they're too weak to handle the joke. The black guys yes. I know are not too weak to handle the joke. You can say whatever. You can joke around. And, yeah, maybe they'll get mad at you and they'll make some joke at your expense. But that's okay too. You know, it, that, this, is, this is real life. This is real humans interacting. It's not always clean. It's not always super delicate. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's ugly. But it's a lot more fun that way. And I think this is like the way that people are in this film. I always say to you, like, I, I, I love films that I want to live in that world. I kind of want to live in this world. But hang on. I need to know which one in the Outback or in Manhattan in 1986? Either. Wow. <laughs> and, and have you noticed that, that uh, the, the chauffeur yes. is the cop 
from Die Hard. Yep. <laughs> he's Ow. awesome in this as well. He's awesome in everything. Yeah. No, he's superb. Saves the day when uh, when Crocodile Dundee leaves his short sword at home and he uh, gets attacked by the pimp and his heavies. Yes, absolutely. Although I have to say, here's an interesting thing i got to run bar- past you. So after this movie, uh, Paul Hogan, who's, who's a very successful stand-up comic in Australia, he had his own TV show, The Paul Hogan Show, long before you know anybody in America heard of him, but very successful. After this, of course, he's drowning in office to play other hero roles in movies, and he was upset. Here's, here's a quote from him. He said... He was troubled by the fact that this character, Crocodile Dundee, was perceived as a cross between Chuck Norris and Rambo and refused, turned down similar roles because of this. This is a direct quote from Paul Hogan. The movie scene is screaming out for the movie hero who doesn't kill 75 people. Less of those commandos, terminators, exterminators. Mix just a good role model. There's no malice in the fellow, and he's human. He's not a wimp or a sissy just because he doesn't kill people. So he seems to want to kind of thread the needle that this is a man's man, but there's nothing over the top about the character, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, Rambo is a kind of a cartoon a little bit to some degree, especially in Rambo 2. Not Rambo 1 so much, not so much, but the, the second film... Yes. Uh, you know, in the subsequent films, it's more of a cartoon character where it's just like the slaughtering of, you know, however many people, one man against an entire army, you know. And that is a lot of fun. I, I think that there's something great about that. It's like these video ga- games with the zombie apocalypse or, <laughs> you know, that you know something like that, right? I mean, that that's um, a lot of people love those kinds of games. Um, and, and, and these kinds of films in the 80s were very popular. But he is right to some degree because he made a character that was more naturalistic in the sense that, yeah, 99.9% of people aren't ever going to kill anyone one right. in their entire life, much less, you know, 100 people in, you know, this very difficult circumstance. So he's trying to create something that's a little bit more nuanced. And he is a comedian, and he is funny, and the movie is very funny. And it actually takes a fairly high IQ, I think, to be very funny. In my experience, with my dealings with, like, celebrities in Hollywood and stuff like that— I will say that the smartest people are always the funny people. If you're if you're a comedian, if you can make jokes, you almost always have a, a very high IQ. And I think that he just didn't want to do something. What it sounds like to me is that he didn't want to do something that was just this simple character that was a tough guy. He wanted to be you know play roles that were more nuanced and a little bit more creative. And had a little bit more depth and and some more layers to it, which is like fair enough. But maybe if he had taken more of those um, action hero roles, you know, it would have been able he would have been able to then parlay that into some more layered roles as well. I think I think sometimes actors get a little bit too um, arrogant about what specific roles they want to play. Yeah, yeah. a little pretentious, yeah. and then hey, the success goes to their head, and they become very judgy. And it, 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 I think it kind of damages their own brand and their own career. And and I'll have to say, I didn't even know this uh, when I first watched the movie and only found out as I was researching it for today. He wrote it. So, you know, Paul Hogan yeah. was the guy that wrote the character, which is based, here's a little bit of trivia, on a real person. Crocodile Dundee is based on a real person called Rodney William Anselm. Let's put his picture up, a very handsome, rugged individual. There's uh, Mr. Ansel, the late Mr. Ansel, and Crocodile D, the man he's based upon, who was 
was an Australian cattle grazer and buffalo hunter who was stranded in a remote part of north or the northern territories for 56 days and survived wow. and so became um, this legendary figure around the world and crocodile dandy is based on the late rodney ansell so not just a fun movie not just a little bit of hollywood escapism but actually based on the real world we are talking crocodile dandy the original movie because we're making movies great again with our buddy Chris Coles, and I'm coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. If you know somebody who lives with everyday pain, it can be so crippling. Why? Because it's not just the pain. It affects the way you think about the future. It affects everything. You're planning for life, your sleep, missing out on your favorite activities. If you know somebody like that or you are that person, please Please introduce them to and try Relief Factor. There's a reason more than a million people are taking it right now, me included. It is a completely natural supplement that attacks the source of the pain and inflammation on four separate metabolic pathways with ingredients like resveratrol and curcumin that are proved to be anti-inflammatories. There's a reason that more than 70% of the people who try the Quick Starter Pack go on to take Relief Factor indefinitely, just like me. If you've tried everything else and failed to find relief, ask yourself one very simple question. What have you got to lose? If the only answer to that question is the pain, well, I think you know what you have to do next. Call this number. Write it down now. 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-473-5433 or go to refactor.com. You owe it to yourself to find out if you could be the next success story. It's 1-800-4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. You got a light, buddy? Yeah, sure, kid. There you go. And your wallet. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. Get ready for a cinematic revolution. Experience the power of patriotism with The Relentless Patriot, hitting theaters nationwide with a special release on June 13th. Go to Fandango.com today to help support patriotism at its best. Brought to you by Global Ascension Studios, Hollywood's first ever conservative movie studio. This gripping documentary follows the remarkable journey of Scott Lebedo as he champions American values through his art. From stirring flag renditions to unwavering advocacy for our service members, Scott's story is one of passion and dedication. Don't miss your chance to be a part of history as the relentless patriot makes its special release debut. Mark your calendars for the special release June 13th and join us in celebrating American resilience and patriotism. Go to Fandango.com to find your local theater and order your tickets now before they're sold out. That's Fandango.com. Get ready for a cinematic revolution. Experience the power of patriotism with The Relentless Patriot, hitting theaters nationwide with a special release on June 13th. Go to Fandango.com today to help support patriotism at its best. Brought to you by Global Ascension Studios, Hollywood's first ever conservative movie studio. This gripping documentary follows the remarkable journey of Scott Lebedo as he champions American values through his art. From stirring flag renditions to unwavering advocacy for our service members, Scott's story is one of passion and dedication. Don't miss your chance to be a part of history as the relentless patriot makes 
makes its special release debut. Mark your calendars for the special release June 13th and join us in celebrating American resilience and patriotism. Go to Fandango.com to find your local theater and order your tickets now before they're sold out. That's Fandango.com. That's a knife. Right up there with Make My Day from Clint Eastwood and Han Solo's I've Got a Bad Feeling About This, the immortal line, that's not a knife, this is a knife from Crocodile Dundee, a legendary line. Uh, Chris, before we rate the movie uh, uh, out of, uh, I guess we'd have to rate it out of Bowie knives, uh, at, uh, how many uh, out of 10 Bowie knives, uh, final thoughts on Crocodile Dundee. Oh, let's talk about the behind the scenes. Uh, Paul Hogan decided to make a movie for the inter, uh, that would be an international success. The first really big Australian blockbuster. They invested, hold on, a whopping eight million Australian dollars, and it netted, hold on to your horses, three hundred and twenty-eight <laughs> million American dollars. Eight million wow. Australian wow. to three hundred and twenty. I got to ask you: It's the most successful Australian movie ever made. It's the most successful uh, foreign movie ever shown in America, and it like beat the pants off even uh, Mad Max. Why do you think this thing was just so successful, Chris? You know, it was. Well, first of all, it's just a very good movie, and Paul Hogan's a very charming guy. Charming. That's and the right there word. Was a- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there was this kind of Australian fever in the 1980s. I don't really understand it. I, I don't know where it comes from because there was only two really that I can think of off the top of my head. There was only two really major, like really huge, huge uh, me- things in the media. It was I Come From the Land Down Under yeah. and Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> but for some reason, uh, Americans just went crazy for Australian stuff. But what's funny is, Americans really didn't understand Australia, so it was this kind of mysterious place yes. uh, that, that was very different. So there was a kind of fascination that was that they were able to sort of capture with this movie, and they could kind of lie a little bit about what Australian what Australians like, what Australia is like, uh, and and they could kind of get away with it because Americans they just wouldn't know, you know, anything. We just didn't know anything about Australia back in the eighties for some reason. And and this film kind of capitalized on that and just gave us uh, – uh, actually, this hero is such a great hero. It, it's kind of sad to me that he's been a bit forgotten. Like nobody talks about Crocodile Dundee anymore. And that may be partially because there was this show, The Crocodile Hunter, Steve Irwin, you know, the late great Steve, Steve Irwin. And he genuinely would like just jump on crocodiles and, <laughs> you know, catch them alive. And he was just such an incredible person that I think that kind of eclipsed what Cro- the movie Crocodile Dundee had done. But there's so many other reasons to love this film other than just him jumping on a crocodile and stabbing it in the head. That, uh, no, but, that but I, I think, I think a lot of it has to do – you're absolutely right to use this word, the charm. This man <laughs> is – you know, Sean Connery is sophisticated charm in a Sambo Row suit. This is outback, you know, worn leather pants charm, but but such a charming character. Um, 
couple of last things of course there are two more movies second one successful but not as quite successful um, there was a plan to make a beverly hills cop crocodile dundee crossover that would have been interesting never happened and this man paul hogan wait for it was offered the lead in the movie ghost before patrick swayze took it now that would have been uh-huh. a very different movie right oh and there's two yeah, versions. Yeah. There's two versions of the movie. There's the original one that we're all familiar with, and there's one which has the original Aussie slang all through it, the original one they filmed, and most Americans didn't understand the slang they were using, so they had to make another version transposing it into uh, American slang. Okay, so here we are. And we- I believe the two stars uh, married, didn't they? They did. did didn't so he was married when this was made with five kids, uh, he fell in love with her, divorced his wife, they got married, and then sadly divorced about 15 years later. But yes, yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Out of 10 Bowie Knives, you ranking for a modern audience, me ranking for the pantheon of all great movies, what do you give this out of 10, Chris Coles? Well, listen, it's certainly not one of the greatest movies of all time, probably. I, I, I doubt anybody would think that. But it, it's, it, it really encapsulates a kind of film, and Beverly Hills Cop is in that category as well. But, or, uh, but Beverly Hills Cop is a much better remembered film. Yes. I mean, it's a film that people know about to this day. Um, people even wear the Beverly Hills Cop 2 um, the lion's uh, jacket, even to this day, yep. like it's it's a very well known iconic film. This film, I don't know why it's not better remembered, but it's in that same vein, and I think in some ways it does capture the 1980s and 1980s cinema in a way that no other film does, uh, at least not as well as this one. So I think it's worth watching, if for no other reason, just that. If you just like the 80s and you want to experience the 80s a little bit. But also, it's just a really great film. It's a lot of fun. And I actually think it's the kind of film modern audiences will absolutely love. So for modern audiences, going back and watching this film, I have to give it a 10 out of 10. All right. 10 out of 10. Um, In the Pantheon, I'll give it a solid... Six and a half in all all movies. Okay. All right, six and a half. I think it's a little higher than that, but... But But you know me, you know me. I'm a hard, hard grader. I'm a hard taskmaster. All right, are you ready for my choice for the next movie? I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm going to take a leaf out of your book because you've been trying... I, I know what you're doing. You're trying to reintroduce us to some movies that may have been forgotten or deserve more attention. And I've been doing just, you know, stuff that, you know, is maybe too famous. We've mentioned Clint a few times. We did one of his movies, Escape uh, from Alcatraz. And I'm going to do one of my favorite films from the 1980s that is much underrated. In fact, it's pretty much forgotten. Put it on the screen, the Cold War thriller, Firefox. Have you ever seen Firefox, Chris? I've never seen Firefox. I've there's a lot of Clint Eastwood films out there that I think are underrated. This uh, and is so absolutely bloody superb. Well, I'm I'm not okay. going to stack Firefox. the deck, but if you don't like this, there may be somebody who will have to stay in Central Europe for the rest of his life. That's all I'm saying, Chris. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, Firefox. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's a fat. I do fab- use the I do use the browser from time to time. <laughs> no, this is a um, a Soviet fighter jet that a special agent has to steal from behind the Iron Curtain. I say nothing more. My lips are sealed. In the meantime, follow this man, uh, Mr. Reagan USA, on Twitter. His amazing YouTube channels are Mr. Reagan and the Alpha Critic. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to Making Movies Great Again. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, Tear down this wall. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people... And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And we will make America great again. This... Is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Welcome, dear friends. Happy Friday. It's Second Amendment Friday. It's Ask Dr. G Anything Friday. And it's Making Movies Great Again Friday. We've got a packed show for you today. But first things first, I want to celebrate somebody I know. Um, let's put it in context. What are we most thankful for when it comes to President Trump? Let's start with you, Eric. Um, when you think of President Trump's time in office, give me the one thing you're most thankful for. Uh, first president in 40 years to not get us in another war. Oh, good one. I like that. Uh, Jeff, what are you most grateful for? He never once cared at all what the media said about him. Oh, that's really what I'm getting close to. Alex, what are you grateful for? Building the wall. Building the wall. Uh, is just John got a headset on? No. Guy, what are you grateful? Are you grateful that President Trump took on communist China? Yes, sir. In the same time, he kicks uh, North Korea's butt. Oh, I like that, kicking North Korea's butt, because my button's bigger than yours. Excellent. Okay. Um, Jeff kind of stole my thunder, because one of... Uh, uh, Amongst the panoply, you know, crushing the caliphate of ISIS, biggest stock market and economy the world has ever seen, lowest unemployment for minorities, for women since record key. I mean, on and on and on. We could spend the next three days, not three hours, talking about it. But one thing that's key, fake news. Remember, he turned the tables. That was meant to be an insult for conservative media. And he flipped it like a jujitsu third damn master black belt artist. He said, nah, you're fake news. He showed them up for who they are. And right now, (laughs) it's so bad when it comes to Israel. 
There's a man who's not even a journalist. He's an author. He's a debater par excellence. His name is Douglas Murray. He's written some amazing books like The Madness of Crowds and The Strange Death of the West. And he's decided to become a journalist in Israel. And he was talking to that lout, that pathetic hack who used to work for CNN called Piers Morgan. And um, he destroyed Piers Morgan's Obama-like line of questioning. And we're going to play the whole thing in two parts. Listen to how it's done. Cut 11. What concerns me about what Israel is doing is not their efforts to get rid of Hamas, but that because of the particular nature of Hamas embedding themselves amongst civilian populations with the massive amounts of civilian casualties that will inevitably come, and that figure will grow and grow and grow. Are we not, as Barack Obama warned, are we not creating here uh, just an, an opportunity for far greater radicalization of all those young Palestinians who watched their loved ones get killed? Why would we imagine mm. that at the end of all this, they're going to want to do anything other than to become a new version of Hamas in wanting to exact revenge well, for what happened to their families? Well, two things. One is, if you just follow the logic of what Barack Obama said, then you just shouldn't do anything uh, if you're Israel. You should be attacked and just sit back and say, great, we'll wait for the next one. Um, but the second and more important thing is, your question supposes that there is a sort of peaceful Palestinian population in the Gaza who would love a two-state solution, and then a few bad apples in Hamas. I think that's not true. Why is it that when uh, one of the victims of the music festival uh, a poor young German Jewish girl uh, who it seems was was raped and then uh, brutally uh, murdered and taken into the Gaza naked. Why was it that you can find, and anyone can find this online, uh, a crowd of ordinary Gazans, it wasn't a Hamas, it wasn't a Hamas rally, ordinary Gazans uh, uh, spitting on her body, uh, hitting her body, mutilating her body further as it went down the street. Does that strike you, Piers, as a uh, placid population of peacenik types who are just desperately waiting for a two-state solution to be put back on the table for the millionth time in the last 70-something years. It doesn't seem like that to me. No, but there are over two million people in Gaza, and there weren't two million people in that video clip. There were a few hundred. So I, I don't like to make... Yeah, well, a few hundred at random. A few hundred at random. And did you see anyone in it saying, hey, guys, stop, we're not meant to mutilate the bodies of, uh, of girls or rape them in public? No, I didn't see that. But, but then what you're really articulating, correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't what you're articulating really an endorsement of collective punishment, where you assume they're all guilty. No. And if they don't stand up to Hamas, they're also guilty. Well, and, and that's where people have a problem, I think, well, with the moral line here, which is no, if, you hold, assuming, if you hold all the Gazans equally responsible, then is that not collective punishment, which is illegal? Well, first, first of all... First of all, um, uh, there, are, there is some responsibility for the peoples in the Gaza. Um, if you elect, elect Hamas and, uh, and they kill uh, Fatah and then they remain in power for all of the years afterwards, um, I'm afraid that there is some uh, responsibility of the people in that situation. You know, when the Germans uh, um, had Adolf Hitler come to power and voted for him, uh, we in Britain took the view that the German people were responsible in some way. So I'm not for collective punishment per se, but nor am I for this idea that there is something unique going on in the Israeli-Gaza context that we in Britain couldn't understand. Actually, there is one we unique Britain, thing. In our own history, there is, there is a very one similar thing. Think about the core point of what Doug just said. 
the population of Gaza celebrate the slaughter. Yes, the Nazis were the architects of the Holocaust, but for most of the Holocaust, they actually denied it. They hid it. What, what gas chambers? Those are just showers. They were ashamed of it in many cases. They had to deal with, you know, what those units, those SS units had to do. Some of them were, of course, totally psychotic. But the point that they hid what they were doing from the world, that's a big difference. You can go right now on your phone, you can go on your tablet, on your computer, and find hundreds, thousands of videos filmed by Gazans of them celebrating the rape and murder. That body of that German-Israeli woman, that beautiful young woman, twisted into the pretzel in the back of a pickup truck, dead and probably raped multiple times. They were jubilating. And these are the people we're supposed to have a ceasefire with? These are the people Israel is supposed to allow to resupply themselves? They're celebrating their barbarism, and they must be met with such force that those who survive will never, ever countenance using any such barbarism ever again, whether against the innocents or whether against the legitimate defense forces of a state of nine million people surrounded by a sea of 260 million Arabs and Muslims. Thank you, Douglas Murray, for your moral clarity, for showing up Piers Morgan for who he is and what he represents. And more than that, as a gay guy, people know this of him, having the balls to actually go to the Middle East, don a bulletproof vest, and report the truth from the battlefield. You'll see next, in the next clip, just how dangerous that part of the world is and what almost happens to Douglas. We salute you. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you from the Refactor.com studios. We're making movies great again with our good buddy Chris Coles today. He chose the movie. Did I like it? Well, you'll have to wait and see. Or just subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Salem Podcast Network. Share the links with your friends. And then if you've had it with the political persecution of my former boss, and you'd like him back in the White House, God willing, it's up to us. Put this on your front yard. Wear this T-shirt. It's a photograph of the president's booking picture. His mugshot from Atlanta with a very simple phrase, Trump 2024. Get yours today at sebgorkastore.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. And please support him directly at donaldjtrump.com. That's the website, donaldjtrump.com. Thank <laughs> you.